0: (laughs) Uh, Amen. But look, we want to turn to Joshua, uh, Joshua 24, uh, Joshua 24. And I want to look at verses 14 and 15. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day. Whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why don't you turn and say that? Say for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it again. Say for as me as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. We will serve the Lord. And I just want to talk to you just, just briefly today about it just makes sense. It just makes sense. I, and this guy, Joshua, and, I, and I, again, I'm unpacking a little bit differently than we did first service because my young folks are here. This guy, Joshua, is my kind of guy, right? He's my kind of guy. He is the guy who was born into slavery. And I want young people to hear this hear this well. He was born into slavery in England. Um, and he was, he was, he he was there in Egypt for until he was into his forties. So he lived in slavery until he was in his forties. But one thing that I, about that is that Joshua's birth situation was not where he stayed stuck. Hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? Young people, you need to understand this. Old people need to understand this, that just because you're born into a situation doesn't mean that's where you have to stay. Amen. Joshua was born into slavery, but there was a spirit in Joshua that said God didn't make me a slave. Amen. There was a spirit in Joshua that he knew that God had better for him. Amen. And some of us in the room today need to embrace the fact that God wants to get you out of those same insanity cycles that you inherited. Amen. That God wants to get you out of those things that came with the zip code you might have been born in, that, that came into the household that you might have been born with. And God wants to say, Look, I want to do something great in your life. We need to embrace that. Here, here, here he was. Here he was into his 40s and he battles the Amalekites and Moses takes notice of him. Don't you know that God will cause the right people to pay attention to you? Amen. When God's got a plan for your life, there's nobody who can stop it. God will make sure that the right folks take notice. And Moses took notice of Joshua, and he made Joshua like his chief of staff. So here Joshua was learning side by side Moses, the great liberator of the children of Israel. Here he was once a slave, but now he was second in command, the chief of staff to Moses. And every young person in this room and every person who feels stuck in your life, you need to understand today that how you were born, where you were born, the situation you were born into does not determine where you're going to stay. Amen. Somebody needs to thank God for that today. Amen. See, because you are where you are today, you are where you are today because of God. Right? I love I love Joshua. I love Joshua's spirit. Joshua was one uh, of the twelve spies who went in and went and spied out the land, and he came back with his buddy Caleb, and and he and Caleb uh, they had a different spirit in them. While the ten of the twelve spies were like, "Oh no, they're giants in the land, and oh my goodness, and and they, we can never overtake them." Here comes my boy Joshua, right? And here comes my boy Caleb. They're like, dude, let's get it!" Let's get it, man. You see what God's got for us, man? Those grapes is as big as pastor's head, man. Everybody who laughed ain't saved, amen. <laughs> right? Here, here he goes, here he goes, and, and he's like, man, let's get it, let's get it. God noticed that. God noticed this different spirit in Joshua. He noticed this different spirit in him. And and Joshua had this commitment with his life that he was going to serve God, that his life was going to be in God's hands. And, you know, we see our young people in here, middle school, high school, some of our elementary school kids. And I tell you, there is no better decision that you can make with your life than to give your life to God and just trust him with it. Amen. First Sunday in January, 1983. I walk up this aisle. You know, in, in Baptist church, you got the aisle, man. You got you to gotta walk the aisle, man. It's intimidating. You got to give your life to Christ, and you got to walk that aisle, man. And so I'm, here I am, here I am, not even, not even six years old yet. And, and I and I heard a word from my grandfather, and, and the Holy Spirit just moved on my life, moved on my heart. And that day, I, I walked up the aisle, and first Sunday in January, 1983, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Gave my life to Jesus Christ as a five-year-old kid. I had learned in Sunday school about him being the creator of the world. I had learned in Sunday school about all of the things that, that God had created in seven days. I had learned about all that, but I had learned about Jesus Christ and how much he loved me. I had learned as a child that, that I was a sinner and that I needed a Savior, and the only one who loved me enough to die for me was Jesus Christ. And at five years old, I made that choice to give my life to Jesus Christ. And like Joshua, I declared, I I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going to be around the corner. But one thing that you can count on is that for the rest of my life, I'm going to be in love with Jesus. For the rest of my life, I'm going to give him everything that I am because of what I understood he gave for me. See, as parents, it's important that we teach our children about what God has done. It's very important that, that, that we don't let them be raised by the iPad or by the tablet or by the Fortnite or by whatever they got going on on their television screen. It's very important to, uh, to, to them that we sit down as parents, as aunts, as uncles, as grandparents, and let them know that on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, The emblem of suffering and shame. And oh, how I love that old cross where the dearest and the best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And I'll cherish that old rugged cross until my trophies at last I lay down. It's important that our children hear from us about the goodness of God. See, Joshua was here talking to the children of Israel, and and he's saying to them, look, who do y'all belong to? That's what he's saying to them. He's saying, hey, you are the children of God. And just like Joshua said that to them, here I am today, saying, guess what? You are the children of God. And Joshua was saying to the children of Israel, look, because you are the children of Israel, it should be Easy for you to conclude that it just makes sense that you should be faithful to God. See, my kids know their last name is Jones. It's not Jackson. It's not Johnson. It's not Washington. It's not Gilbert, right? Their last name is Jones. And with that last name, there's an expectation that you act a certain way. Right. There's a certain there's an expectation that that you will go to school and you will act a certain way and get certain grades. Caleb. Amen. There is an expectation. (laughs) There is an expectation. They they always hate it when I preach. They said, oh, Lord, who's he going? Who's he going to pick on today? Amen. there's there's an expectation that when you walk out of the house, you are a Jones. So your father is expecting you to act like a Jones hmm, I'm a child of God. So every time I walk outside the house, do what I'm about to do, my father is expecting me to act like I know whose child I am. (laughs) The kids are shouting because they're like, oh yeah, he's giving it to the adults today now, right? Right? just like we expect our kids to behave, just like we expect our kids to do what they're supposed to do. That's what Joshua was saying to the children of Israel. He was not giving them a choice, okay? He was not saying, okay, children of God, okay, children of Israel, you've got the gods that our fathers used to worship, you got the gods of, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, or you have Jehovah. He was not giving them three choices. He was saying, y'all, doesn't it make sense that if we are his children, we should worship him. Why should we be pulled anywhere else? Why should anyone else get our attention, our time, our talents? Why if we are his? Joshua said, if you've yet to be convinced, let's consider a few things. I want to give you my big idea today. The big idea is that as we consider God's past, present, and future interventions in our lives, it just makes sense that we, his people, should be faithful to him. As we consider God's past, present, and future interventions, it just makes sense that we, his people, should be faithful to him. Amen? Hey, man, that, that could be a shout right there, Amen. Hey man. Uh, uh, Jack, Jack Sargona was, was looking at, I let her look at my slide yesterday. You know, it's always good to get, get a, another set of eyes, and, and I had her look at my big idea, and she said, yeah, that'll, that'll preach by itself, right? So there it is. There's a sermon right there, right? That, that because of God's past, God's present, and God's future interventions in our lives, it just makes sense. Everybody say, it just makes sense that I would be faithful to him. Yeah. Because of what God has done. Because of what God has done. Joshua was reminding them in Joshua 24 about the first through the 10th verse. He was talking to the younger generation about the older generation, right? So younger generation, I want you to hear hear me say this to you today. It is important that you know what God has done for those who came before you. Let me say it again. Young people, It's important that you know what God has done for those who have come before you, right? You need to know that you didn't just show up in the house that you're in, but God had to do some things to get mama and and great-grandma and great-grandpa off the sharecroppers, amen, and, and get them to the place where they were able to do this and able to place to do that. And now you live in the neighborhood you lived in because God was faithful some generations ago. Amen. It's important that we never let our young people forget that they did not just get here on their own. Pastor Felix, when my grandfather was sick and my grandfather was in his last days, Pastor Felix told me, hey, bro, take some time and spend it with your grandfather. Just sit and listen and sit and talk and sit and journal. And so I I took this opportunity and I sat down and I talked to my grandfather. I was at my grandmother's house the other day and I had shared a story about my mom. And my grandmother didn't even know I knew the story. And I had said the exact same things that my grandfather said. She said, well, how would you? I said, well, we had been talking. Pastor Felix said, give me some wisdom to do, spend time, spend time. And I sat there and I learned so many stories about God's faithfulness learned so many stories about how God had delivered my grandfather from some of the strongholds that were in his life when he was in Greenland and how he received his call to preach in Greenland in a dark space where there was no light and the only person he had to talk to was God and he was away from my grandmother for such a long time and my grandfather just continued to pour into me and tell me all the things that God had done. And when I heard these things of God's faithfulness in the past, I said, you know what, Vernon? It just makes sense that you would shout in the present. Amen. God didn't have to. And listen, God doesn't have to do anything else for me in my life because what he told me, what my grandfather told me, God did for him. That's enough praise right there. My grandfather said to be one of the only colored officers in, in the military, in the Air Force, one of, to, to, to be in, in, in these groups where they were, they were fighting for a country that didn't receive them as citizens and, and how difficult it was, but how God built these lasting friendships uh, with, with white Christians and brothers in the Air Force. When he shared all of this stuff, I said, man, look what God has done. See, I believe that we got to recapture family dinner time. Right? I don't mean everybody's in the van and we go to the drive through That's what we do too much. Amen? I'm talking about family dinner time where we sit around the table. Y'all still got tables in your house, right? Where we sit around the table, right, and we pass the meal family style. And as we're eating, the elder of the table, the, the grandmother, the, the great aunt, or whoever sits there and shares with the table what God has done. And that's what Joshua was doing right now with the children, the present generation. He was saying, guys, we used to be captive in in Egypt. We used to be slaves. We used to be under the tyranny of Pharaoh. We used to be, but God delivered. Amen. I I tell you today, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncle, your children, your grandchildren need to hear some of your but God stories. Amen. They need to know that you didn't just get like this on your own. You look good today. Amen. But you didn't always look good. Amen. There were some raggedy days. Amen. That, that you, were, that you, ah, no, no, we don't talk about that around here. No, no, no. You need to talk about the goodness of God. Amen. You need to talk about what God has done so that just like the, the current generation that Joshua was talking to, they develop an appreciation that what God has done in the past, God can do it again. I read a quote when I, was, when I was studying. It said, look, the reason why we get shaken in the present is because we forget the miracles of the past. We get shaken today because we forget that God already did that yesterday. Amen. And my Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. So if God delivered last year, if God delivered 10 years ago, then when I face the same challenge in my life, as I sat with my grandfather, that's when my grandfather was pouring out. He was telling me every challenge that he had faced so that when life brought me that same challenge, I could reach back and say, oh, you already brought pops through that. So I ain't got to worry about it. I'm just going to praise. Because if you can do it for him, you can do it for me. Amen. So so Joshua was reminding them in verses 1 through 10 about what God had done in the past, how God had intervened in the past. And I want to submit to you today that God has intervened in your life. Amen. I I got a witness right there. Amen. Amen. God has intervened in your life. Amen. That, That you know that one should have took you out. You know you should have been somebody's baby daddy. But yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Now I'm meddling. Amen. You, you know, you know, but God delivered. Amen. Everybody say, but God. So we have to remind each other, we have to anchor into the fact that God has had past interventions. Amen. And it's not just past interventions. It's also that God has had present interventions. Amen. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Come here real quick. Come here real quick. Come on up here. I want. I want to. This is my. This is my story for present interventions. Thank you. This, this is my beautiful five-year-old daughter. And so. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, is, Brooklyn is adopted. She knows what that means, so it's okay. She knows she's a, she's adopted, and, and she, she came to us by way of the mail, right? Um, one day my wife gets home, and she gets a letter from Denver Human Services. And if you're watching online, Denver Human Services, please change how you write your letters. Um, but they write a letter, and the letter that my wife opens up says, um, Vernon Jones, there is a child attached to you at such and such hospital. I said, oh, they're trying to break up a happy home. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I said, y'all need to rewrite that. Amen. The devil is a lie. Amen. Right. And so, and so we get this letter and, and, and we don't, we don't know what's going on. And, and we, we, we say, okay, we're going to figure things out. And, and we make, we, we make a couple phone calls and, and this young, this young baby girl just been, she was just a month. And, um, god God said okay vernon here 's the situation here, here's here 's the deal here's the deal what's going on I, and I need you to trust me i 'm presently working this thing out and 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 here we were we already got four bad kids, and we're like we don 't need a fist and and but god 's working god 's working God's working God's working all these things out for our good and so the doctor the doctor talks to Jamie and I, and we get this report, and the doctor says, We just want you to know that that Brooklyn.'" Brooklyn was exposed to uh, the AIDS virus by her birth mother. And there's a good chance that this could be a reality for her in her life. We won't know uh, for sure uh, for the first year of life. And, and, and if you decide to take her in, um, this is what you're going to have to do. This is how care is going to have to be different. You're going to have to give her this treatment. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And so we sat down as a family in our family meeting, and I sat with all my four kids, we don't do anything, with we don't make moves without the family being on the same page. And so we're all sitting there as a family, my older kids, God bless them, I tell them the story, I tell them the condition uh, that their little sister may be in and how this may change our reality. And Savannah, I remember, speaks up and, and she says, Dad, what have you raised us to do? And I said, you're right. She goes, so we can do it. So why don't we do it? Why don't we just give her at home? Why don't we just love her? Who cares if she might be sick? Who cares about that? We can do it, Dad. And I looked at the whole family. I said, is everybody in favor? And everybody said, when are we getting her." <laughs> so God's working. God's working. God's presently working. God's presently working. So, so we, get to the, we get to the place where she was. Uh, and I mean, Am I keeping up pretty long? No, okay. Um, we, we, we get to the place where she is, and she's only a month old, and, and the only thing that the lady who has her uh, has Brooklyn is in a onesie, right, just a, just a white onesie, and that's it. That's all we get Brooklyn. We get this tiny little baby and a one-month-old, and all we get is her in a onesie. Greg and Becca went with us to, to pick Brooklyn up. She was just a month old. Here Jamie was, Jamie Schwartz. Jamie said, look. Let me tell y'all something my wife is a prayer warrior my wife looks she Joshua Et that's what she is. She she believes God like crazy, and she tells me, look, she declares over this child that, no, she ain't going to be sick. Amen. She declared over this child. She goes, look, I declare God's going to heal whatever might be there. She declares it, and she's like, oh, yeah, we got to do these treatments. We got to go through this. We got to go through this. And we go through this treatment. God's working. God's working. God's working. God is presently working. God's presently working. God's presently working. He works all things out together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. God is working. God is working. God is working. Jamie's taking her to the east side to get this treatment, taking her to Children's Hospital to get that treatment. God is working. God is working. God is working. We're going to family court. We're going through all that you got to go through to go through an adoption. They coming in our house, checking my credit, checking my background, checking everything. I said, oh, Lord, right. God is working. God is working. God is working, right? Because we, we we fell in love with Brooklyn from the very first moment that we saw her. I said, that's my baby girl. And the funny thing is, Jamie will tell you that five years prior, I used to joke and said, I pray for God to send me a chocolate daughter. Isn't that what I said? Right? And so all of my friends used to laugh and say, why is he praying for a chocolate daughter? I said, because all my other kids coming out bright. Amen. I said, I just want a chocolate kid like me. Amen. I want somebody that I match with, right? And and so I have been saying that for five years. And when I saw this little chocolate girl, I said, God, you working. God, you doing your thing. We match, we match, right? And, and so we're we going through this. Jamie's going to Eastside Clinic. Jamie's going to Children's Hospital. We get to go through this study, and it's been a year. It's been a toil. We get, in the, and I get this, in the process of all this, I lose a job, right? Now, in the, whoo. Jesus. Somebody said it for me. Jesus. Now, God's working. Now, remember what I said. God's working. God's working. I can't forget that. That, yeah, my grandpapa told me about how God worked in the past, but that past stuff is good. I need to embrace that God's working in my right now. Amen. Somebody know he's a right now God. Amen. Yes, he may not come when you want him, but... He's right on time, right? He's a right-now God, right? So in my situation, I lose this job. Oh, it's a long story about that. We go to the court case, and I'm sure that this judge is going to say, Mr. Jones, when we started this process, you had a great-paying job, and we were confident that you could take care of Brooklyn. But now you don't have the job. And so I was going in there, and I didn't go in there thinking that, but that's what the devil was whispering. The devil was saying to me, you know what? I'm going to take this girl from you. I'm going to take this girl from you. And I told the devil, you are a lie. He works all things out together for my good. He works all things out together for my good. And we walked in there knowing that we were in a situation of being unemployed. And and then the judge says, Mr. Jones, do you commit yourself that Brooklyn will get everything that your other kids get? And I said, well, we ain't got nothing right now. So... (laughs) Sure, right. <laughs> I, I and, and the judge said, "Well, by order of the court, this is your new chocolate, baby girl." Amen right? This is your Brooklyn Faith Jones, right? And, and so we continue on, continue on, going through all this, and then Jamie has to go to the final study, right? The final study at Children's Hospital. I think I went with you, right? We, uh, we went, to, we went with Children's, to Children's Hospital, and Children's Hospital's got to let us know how Brooklyn's health is, right? And Children's Hospital says, God's working, God's working, God's working. We've been doing all that we're supposed to be doing as a family. God's working, God's working, God's working, right? And we get to the hospital, and, and the doctor says, I don't know how it happened. The doctor said, I don't know how it happened, but when she was born, she was exposed to something, but what she was exposed to is no longer present. What she was exposed to is no longer present, and when I said, God is working, God is working, when my wife prayed over her, (laughs) Y'all give Brooklyn a shout, amen? Doctor said, you can go back and sit down. The doctor said, not only is she out of the woods, but that girl's healthier than she should be, (laughs) She got no trace of the virus. She got no trace of the cocaine that was present in the uterus. She had no trace of anything because God is faithful. God is faithful to work things out for our good, even when we don't know how it's going to happen. We ain't never cured AIDS. We we ain't never dealt with HIV. We ain't never dealt with that. We dealing with all this stuff. And God says, Jones, I got this. As my grandfather said, ain't no business for you and God both staying awake. Ain't no point of you pacing the floors when God never sleeps. God never slumbers. He said, Vernon, go on and get your rest because in the morning I got something for you. Amen. And I want to submit to you today that God wants you just to go to sleep on some things. Quit trying to fix them. Quit meddling with God and just let God do what only God can do. Have I witnessed? Amen. Amen. That God will do what God can do. Joshua reminded the children of Israel, not only had God intervened in the past, but God also intervened presently. In your life, God is intervening right now. Turn your neighbor say, right now. Yes, yes, say, say right now. Look, look, I, I love this, I love this, I love this. The birds of the air, right, in Matthew 6, the birds of the air don't have high blood pressure. The birds of the air are not taking special pills. Amen. The birds of the air, the birds of the air are not losing their feathers. Right? The birds of the air, you don't see them just, oh, Lord, where are we going to get a worm today? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, where are we going to get a worm? You don't see the birds of the air doing that. Birds of the air know where their food comes from. The birds of the air know who their source is. And in your right now, you need to know who your source is. Amen. What he he say? I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord in my right now. God is my present help. God is my present help. And Joshua was reminding the children of Israel, it just makes sense that we would serve God faithfully because of what he's done in the past and what God has done in the present. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what he's done in the past, what he's doing in the present, it just makes sense. Look, and lastly, it's not just about the past. It's not just about the present, but it's very much about the future, right? That God is continuing future works. Amen. Nathan, come on up here. Amen. Savannah, come on up here. Amen. Amen. This is dad privilege. Amen. Amen. This this is the future. This is this is this is the future when when God is working things out for your future, amen. And 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 you you just you just don't know how, how God's gonna work things out. You don't know how God's gonna work things out. You you you, you ain't making that much money, and you and, and you said, okay, I got two kids that want to go to college. College ain't cheap, right? Witness, amen. College ain't cheap, right? And they want to go to college. But, but, but I said, God, look, God, I, I see a future. God, I see a future. God, you promised me this. You promised me that. And God said, man, what'd I tell you, Vernon? Go to sleep. I got this, right? And, and so here, here my daughter in her second year at TCU, right, at Texas Christian University. Here my son, first year at Texas Christian University. Tuition. Tuition at Texas Christian University is sixty-seven thousand five hundred. Somebody said Jesus again over here. Sixty-seven thousand five hundred dollars a year. Whoo! Yes, for tuition. And I said, Lord, that's an expensive future. He wants to be a, a pediatric neurosurgeon, right? She's going to change the world as a social worker advocate for children who are in the, in the, in the, in the system like Brooklyn was. Savannah's going to change the world for those young people, right? And, and so, so here they are with these futures, and I'm saying, God, work this thing out, because I can't go ask Felix for that big of a check. Amen. <laughs> Right? I said, God worked this thing out. God worked this thing out. God said, Vernon, he that began a great work in you, Philippians 1 and 6, he that began a great work in you shall be faithful to complete it to the very day of Jesus Christ. God says, what I start, I finish. God says, I don't start anything and leave it half done. God says, Vernon, everything that I promised to you the first Sunday in January of 1983 when you walked at that aisle and gave your life to me, everything that I have spoken to you since then, it shall come to pass because God is also working in our future. I'm not worried about tomorrow because God's already gone ahead of me. Jesus says he's my forerunner. Amen. There is a, there's no day that I face that he hasn't already been there for me. And so here are these two, here are these two kids, smarter than me, must have got it from their mom, and, and, they, and they're getting all this, and then all of a sudden, Savannah, boom, gets a Daniel scholarship. Full ride scholarship, full ride scholarship. I said, That ain't nothing but God. We got this video right when she opened up the envelope, and that was the first time I seen Savannah shout, amen. She opened up the envelope, she looked at me, I looked at her, she said, ah! Right, because God's working on your future. And then here comes this one. Now, I don't know why we don't have kids back to back because they're expensive, right. Get a gap in between your kids, right? <laughs> but we got these two back to back. And I hear this dude talking about, Dad, I want to I said, Anuro, what? Amen. I said, now how am I gonna pay for him? Because I can't let her. And I said, God I said, Vernon, go to sleep, go to sleep. Daniel's fun. Daniel's fun had never had back-to-back brother and sister get their full ride scholarship. I said, the devil don't know what's coming. Amen. <laughs> he don't know what's coming because I've been praying for their future, and then all of a sudden Nathan opens up his envelope and he don't shout, he just goes like this. (laughs) Look what God has done. and He does his giggle, right? Because this is what God can do because God is working things out that we can't even see. Amen. We're working things out that we can't even see. And Joshua was telling them, look, stay faithful to God. He says, you're gonna be tempted, you're gonna be, you're gonna be tempted, you're gonna be drawn to do these things. He he told the people, look, you can't do it, you can't do it. He says, look, and the people kept saying, No, we can do it. We make a vow, we're gonna stay committed to God, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, we believe God. And the text records that every, after Joshua, the people of God served him. They served God exclusively. Right? For, for all those, and there's a, there's a time period, you know, where they, where they got back in trouble. But for, for, for Joshua's legacy, these people, for their future, they chose to serve God. They said, God, you've been good in my past. God, you're good in my present. And God, you're working in my future. You need to know that today. That God deserves your faithfulness because of what he's done in the past. You know, I love it in Hebrews when it says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, right? That if you if you don't have a story to shout about, there's one in there. Right? If you can't figure it out, there's a past story there. Ask your grandmother. Ask your grandfather. Ask an elderly, and they'll tell you what God has done. They'll give you something to shout about. Amen. We you know, when we were growing up, we didn't understand. My grandmother, she about, she's acting up right now. Amen. My grand- she would just shout and you know that old Baptist woman shout pastor where all of a sudden everything would be calm in the church and all of a sudden she's like ah, Lord snap back and everything I'm surprised she walking today right and I didn't understand that as a kid But as I grew up I understood why grandmama was shouting and a lot of reasons why grandmama was shouting was that had nothing to do with what God was doing presently in her life but she knew what her mama Sally had told her and she was shouting because grandma Sally told Miss Roberta, said girl when we were going through look what God did we didn't have two nickels to rub together but God provided, we never went hungry we never went homeless my grandmother was shouting and then as I got older I started to understand She's shouting because of the faithfulness of God. And because God has been faithful, it just makes sense that you and I would choose to worship Him, would choose to serve Him with no other person or thing getting our attention. You know, I picked on Deacon Brown and Pastor Karen at first service, but I I, want to say this. My wife's here this service, and There's nobody catches my eye like Jamie Jones. She knows it. We go through our stuff like married folks go through. But at the end of the night, no matter how bad the day is, I thank God that I get to cuddle up next to her. No matter how rough it's been, that's my ace, right? I love her. I would die for her. I would do anything necessary to keep that young woman happy, and the way I feel about her, I ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times feel that way about God. And she'll tell you. She says, "I know He loves me, but boy, you should hear how He talks to God. You should hear how He sweet-talk God in the prayer closet." You should see the notes he writes in his journals to God about how much he loves God. And that's because I know he's been faithful in my past. He's been faithful in my present and he's gonna be faithful in my future. And so it just makes sense for me to be faithful to him. As long as I am breathing, right? As long as I'm breathing, it just makes sense. As long as I have breath, it just makes sense. And today God wants you to determine in your heart, just as Joshua called out the people, God wants you today to determine in your heart that it just makes sense. Who today can lift your hands and say, God, it just makes sense. It just makes sense, God. Think about what God has done in your past and praise Him for it. Think about what God is doing in your present and praise Him for it. Think about what God is going to do in your future and praise Him for it. In this season, my brothers and sisters, it just makes sense. God, we love you. We give you praise today. We thank you for this word in Joshua reminding us That you have intervened in our past, you intervene in our present, you are intervening in our future, and it just makes sense that we would just praise you. God, everything that's in the way, remove it right now. In the name of Jesus. Everything, God, that we've become attached to that has distracted us from intimacy with you, that has kept us from a deeper relationship with you, God, remove it right now in the name of Jesus because, God, right now, it only makes sense that we would be faithful to you because of how faithful you have been to us, past, present, and future. God, speak to someone's heart today who may not know you that today they know that it just makes sense to give their lives to a God who sent their, his son to die, that they might have a right to the tree of life, who sent their son, his son to die, that in that while they were yet sinners, Christ died today. God, let the Holy Spirit, let it all just make sense to them today. That God loves them. Right where they're at, God loves them and desires relationship with them. And he calls them, him or her, unto himself. We give you praise today, God. It just makes sense. In Jesus' name.